This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Well, it's so good to have you back on the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. My name is Sam, and I'm your host, and we are all about taking your leadership to the next level. And to help us do that, we have Richard Blackaby. Good to be with you, Sam. Always a pleasure. Certainly, with all the craziness over the last uh, month or so, it's uh, a time, certainly, that we need our leadership to go to another level. Absolutely. I mean, if you, unless you've been living under a rock for the past uh, few weeks and months, um, now, more than ever, we need leaders to lead. Mm-hmm. And um, to help us do that, we're going to look in the past. Yeah. And uh, as we so often do on this podcast, we do uh, what we call a leader profile. And today we're looking at the life and leadership of Alexander Hamilton. Yeah. Which I believe is the guy that Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote <laughs> uh, a, 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 a box office hit with yeah. uh, in a, a Broadway play. Based on is that the same? It it's is the same guy, yeah. right? And I've uh, I have, so he I've, did something in history, is, if, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah, and I'd like to see that play. I know you and Carrie were uh, had tickets to it. We were going to go see it, and uh, as with many other things, uh, it got uh, rescheduled. So yeah, so hopefully, still uh, in the future. Which is uh, it was fascinating to me because I've not seen the Broadway play yet myself, but uh, I've read the biography. Uh, that it was based on by Ron Chernow. And, of course, Chernow has written several biographies that uh, I've really enjoyed. Uh, He's just, you know, he's the kind of guy that when he writes a biography, you just buy it, you'd read it. And so he did one on Rockefeller and uh, has done just a a couple of just classic, I think J.P. Morgan, I think, and uh, or so. so. Because we've used him, that's the one that we based uh, our, uh, the Rockefeller profile, I think, was Chernow, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so the, you know he's just done some great, great uh, biographies. He's thorough. Uh, uh, he's, uh, I think, a good historian, and uh, so you know I just I like what he does. But and so they actually took that his uh, biography and ba- is that's the one they based the Broadway play on. So, right. but uh, Hamilton's just one of those f- fascinating people that just uh, it, and he's one of those controversial people. In fact, yeah. as I'm reading it. Uh, I've uh, oftentimes I can't help but think about current times, uh, yeah. uh, politics of today. And sometimes, you know, you think, boy, things have never been uglier. And why are people being so take personal attacks and so on? And then you, you read back a couple hundred <laughs> years and realize, well, they were doing that right almost from the very beginning. Yeah, it, 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 it was pretty nasty, uh, even basically from the founding onwards. It, it is a pretty, uh, pretty hardcore politics. So uh, the obvious question would be, what about Alexander Hamilton um, merits a podcast? And obviously, there have been many books written about him, and, and he's a, uh, a large figure in American history. Um, but why have you chosen him today? You know, it's interesting. Uh, I've got, of course, I try to read a biography on every American president. And uh, so I've had this uh, biography for a little while. But I was feeling like I needed to read, uh, make sure I covered all the presidents first. And he obviously was never elected president, so he was always kind of on a back burner. And uh, at a certain point, though, I just, his name kept coming up, especially when you read biographies on Washington and Madison, Jefferson, and so on, Monroe. Uh, And so I just got to the point of realizing uh, this guy just, he just looms there. Uh, Yeah. 
it just I need to go ahead and read his biography and uh, and when I once I did I just saw so many uh, really helpful insights uh, to his life and to this biography. Partly, it gives you a really good glimpse at today and how things uh, seem similar. Yeah. But also, there's so much debate these days about what what did the founding fathers intend and what what's the Constitution trying to do and protect? Why are we a republic and not just a straight democracy? And, yeah. And and now a bunch of people want to change some of those things. Yeah. And uh, I, I just thought it would be really helpful to go back to the beginning, the people who put it together, and and read why did they do that. And so yeah, I uh, feel like I've been hearing a lot even lately about this, you know, pure democracy versus a republic. Yeah, uh, it's kind of cropped yeah. up in in popular debate. Um, so maybe let's begin with uh, with what were some of the things that that Hamilton had to overcome. Uh, before he became the yeah. Alexander Hamilton. Well, I'll tell you, that, and there's some things about him, I, and I don't know why when they put the uh, Broadway play together that they chose him over other people, but if you read his story, it it is in so many ways uh, the American dream. Uh, yeah. But of course, he's not even, and I don't think I knew this, he, he wasn't born in America. He right. was born in the West Indies uh, and, uh, and in a very poor uh, family. He, he was probably illegitimate child. Uh, uh, and, uh, he was born into a, uh, on an Island that had a lot of slavery. And one of the things you discover about Hamilton is that of all of the founding fathers, he was certainly the most anti-slavery of them all. Yeah. Uh, of course he never, uh, owned slaves himself, but, uh, but was very much against it. And, um, and was adamant against it, whereas many of the original presidents all owned slaves themselves. I think about uh, there were about nine presidents who owned slaves, and uh, uh, Washington, I think, was the only one who actually released his slaves, and he, he did it when he died in his will, but uh, some didn't even do it then. So, uh, But uh, he was born, uh, and his his mother, Rachel, is uh, had inherit her her parents uh, separated, and so his grandparents were. I don't know if they were officially divorced, but they were separated, and so uh, so Hamilton's mother, uh, her her father, left her just a little bit of money in his will, and so when she's just a young girl, like sixteen years old, she's got this small, modest inheritance. And so this man uh, swoops in to marry her. He's 28, she's 16, and he basically just needs some money, a stake to help him get ahead. And he marries this young girl, takes her money, spends it all, and uh, is very uh, abusive to her, disrespectful, maybe have been unfaithful, but he's, but uh, the marriage falls apart right away. And so she, they have a child together named Peter, and uh, they... Uh, very soon, she eventually, she abandons uh, her husband. The, the tragic thing is she abandons her son as well. She just, I guess she just felt like she had to escape. And so she just flees from this uh, tyrannical, abusive uh, relationship. And, uh, but her husband is, uh, I mean, we don't know all the story, but he acts like quite a jerk to her yeah. even afterward. And I mean, that's why she left apparently in the first place. But then he accuses her of all kinds of, uh, infidelity and uh, adultery and so on, and uh, she may have she may have been guilty of some of that at least afterward, 
just trying to survive, I guess, uh, as a woman in a very tough man's world. But uh, she actually even gets put in jail for about seven months uh, for being an adulteress. And, uh, hmm. and, and then when she's supposed to go to court, she just kind of flees and doesn't really contest it, which makes her look guilty, of course. And uh, so she is, the courts rule that she cannot uh, get married again. And because her husband gets to basically be the only guy in court, he gets everything his way where he's completely innocent and he's just the victim and she's the yeah. bad the bad person. Uh, so eventually she meets uh, Hamilton, uh, the father of Alexander Hamilton, James Hamilton. And uh, uh, and Hamilton is like the fourth son of of a Scottish minor lord in Scotland. He's, he's never going to inherit the estate. He's, he's got to go fend for himself. So he, he ends up in the West Indies. Seems like a nice enough person, but no ambition, a bit of a la- lazy streak in him. Uh, he meets uh, Rachel and marries her. Or he, I don't know if he ever does marry her because she, she can't legally be married. Uh, and so they have two children together, two sons, and uh, the second son is uh, Alexander. And, uh, and so Alexander is born uh, illegitimate, and then his father uh, leaves. He abandons the family soon afterwards. So his mother yeah. is uh, a single mom of two kids, uh, and so she ends up trying to run a business and uh, trying to just earn a living to provide for her two sons, and uh, and she may well have uh, used her womanly graces to try to get some you know, men to help her out or do things or whatever. Uh, her ex-husband keeps on accusing her of that. Well, eventually, uh, the mother and Alexander both get deathly ill. They're actually in the same bed together, being trying to recover from their illness, and uh, the mother dies. And ra- and so Alexander's mother dies, literally sharing the same probably double bed with yeah. with him. And uh, th- th- she's not even hardly been like dealt with yet as a corpse. And th- th- people are already coming to like uh, foreclose on all of the house and the property. And uh, her former husband has claimed all of her possessions for the son that. Uh, she abandoned, and the courts find in favor of that. So Alexander and his brother have nothing. They've just lost their mother. Now they're booted out. Uh, even their books and toys and things are all being possessed to be given wow. to their older stepbrother or half-brother. And um, so eventually they're taken in by uh, an older cousin or uncle. And uh, it looks like, well, maybe at least they'll have someone that will care for them. And then one day that... Uh, uh, guardian is found uh, in a bloody mess in his bed, and he's looks like has committed suicide. And so, I mean, when you watch that, you you just it's like it's just unbelievable how awful Alexander Hamilton's life was. Uh, yeah, his mother is being uh, accused of just being a tramp, um, and uh, he's he's grown up in poverty. He's grown up in around slavery. Uh, and it's all been about money and uh, trying to just get it where you can, a father that's uh, shiftless, and he disappears, and basically Alexander doesn't see him again either. Um, and, yeah. and so you look at that and say, now how did this guy end up being basically the right hand of George Washington as <laughs> they're founding the United States? 
Um, and so he, you know, there's lots of, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a complicated, uh, detailed story, but uh, he goes from that, if you, if you could imagine uh, waking up one day and your guardian uh, has committed suicide and you've got nowhere to go, nobody yeah. to, to take you in, uh, you, you would think, here's a guy that will be never make it into history anywhere. He'll just be one of countless millions of people that just died quietly somewhere in some out-of-the-way place that you never heard of. But that tells you something about Hamilton is he's got a fierce, fierce uh, ambition to prove that he's a worthwhile human being. And yeah. uh, he's going to spend his whole life trying to fight against the ghosts of his past. He rarely ever talked about his past. Mm. And he kind of uh, glossed over some of it. Uh, he always was sensitive to the charges of illegitimacy and so on and um, and interestingly, he eventually gets taken in by an, a man. Uh, and he, what's interesting about that is that uh, he, uh, his brother doesn't get taken in, just he does, to mm-hmm. this man. And uh, his last uh, is Thomas Stevens. And what's interesting about that is that uh, Thomas Stevens has a son um, named Edward Stevens. And everybody who met Edward... Uh, and he was about the same age as Alexander. Everyone who ever met him were amazed at how how close the two looked alike. They looked like brothers, and huh. they're very, very similar looking. And so there's many, many speculations around Alexander Hamilton, but one of them is that uh, the reason that, um, that Thomas Stevens took in Alexander, not his brother, is that he may well have been the father. Uh, mm. He may have actually been... <laughs> James Hamilton may not have really been the real father anyway, and that would that would explain why James Hamilton never felt any fatherly affection uh, connection to his mm. son, but left him alone. and uh, And yet, this man takes him in and uh, helps him out, and uh, and his son uh, uh, Edward Stevens and Alexander will be friends for life, uh, wow. always close, and yet Alexander doesn't keep up with his own technically is only his brother wow and uh, so anyway lots of lots of scandal questions uh, yeah well what a what a beginning to a life yeah. uh it's hard to imagine or even put yourself in those shoes um but we're going to take a break and when we come back we're going to look at what happened after that and and how someone can go from such a low station in life uh and like you said rise up to be the the right hand of one of the the founding fathers of uh, the United States. Hey, it's Sam here, and I don't know about you, but life has changed significantly in the last few weeks. Not going to work like we normally do, not being able to see friends and family like we used to, and I know I'm not alone in this, and many of you uh, have also experienced massive changes in your daily life. And because of that, here at Blackaby Ministries, we started doing a Facebook Live devotional with Richard. And we do this every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. And you can ask your questions live. You can interact with our community. Uh, It's just a way to check in with everyone and hopefully be encouraged in the middle of the week. Uh, We'd love to see you there. And we're probably going to do this until life goes back to something that resembles normal. Okay, now back to the show. 
So, Richard, we saw how, uh, against all odds, uh, is sort of the the backdrop, the the beginnings of Alexander Hamilton's life, and uh, most unlikely of yeah. of uh, heroes of America, if you will. Um, and and we got to uh, the point where uh, he's taken in by some speculate could be his biological father. Yeah. And uh, so, where does he go from there? And and Maybe we we skip ahead a little bit and kind of look at his contributions and and what made him such a great leader. Yeah, Alexander, what he's going to discover is he's great with words. Uh, He's a good writer. uh, He's a good speaker. And that's going to be a salvation. Uh, It's interesting, a hurricane hits that part of the world, and he writes a letter to his, uh, his father telling him about it. And in those days, he still would write his father now and then, although I don't know that he ever saw him. And uh, someone, the minister in the island, sees this letter, and it's so eloquent, so well-written, that he asked if he can submit it to a magazine. And he does, and he wins a prize. And, and from that prize, people decide that they're going to sponsor him and send him to America to go to school. Wow. And when, one thing you find about Alexander is that uh, he has this knack of winning the favor of older, powerful men. Uh, George Washington will be one of those. Uh, at this point, uh, the minister on the island uh, shows him favor, and uh, because of a letter written to his father that someone happens to see, someone happens to send to a magazine, uh, and so he ends up getting sent to America, and he just always has this ambition. He's always in a hurry to try to prove himself. He, act, he, he, you know, some people you look at and say, how did he do so much? And you're just, you marvel at how much uh, Hamilton accomplished. Yeah. But it's like he felt like he was trying to make up for lost time. And so mm. even the first place he goes is to Princeton uh, to look at going to school. But when he meets with the president, uh, he says, well, I, I, but I want you to allow me to basically go through faster than normal. I want, I want to kind of cut down the years and, and get through faster. And when they wouldn't let him do that, it seemed a little audacious at the time for a guy who's just been sponsored uh, to even to come to America in the first place. And now he's saying, I want to do this faster than just someone who grew up here. He ends up uh, going to King's College, which eventually will be Columbia. And while he's there, um, the Revolutionary War breaks out. And one thing about Hamilton is he seemed to have a knack for always being at the right place at the right time. And most of the Revolutionary War events, he has a way of showing up. And uh, so eventually he makes a speech defending the the Boston Tea Party, and he discovers he's actually really good at giving speeches. He's good at writing. And he uses his writing and speeches for the rest of his life, that the the word becomes his weapon. And uh, eventually uh, he... He, he's only 21 years old, and he, and he volunteers to be a captain of the artillery. Uh, and they, they're kind of testing him. They said, well, you, you need to recruit 30 men to, to serve in your, 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 your unit. Well, he, he recruits them th- that same day. He's just very thorough, very aggressive. Very, you, you give Hamilton a task, and he's going to have it done and far better than you ever thought and a record time and eventually catches the eye of George Washington. Washington uh, asks him to come be his aide and really becomes his right-hand man. He writes most of the orders that that Washington will send to the field. Hamilton writes and oftentimes doesn't even dictate it. He'll just say, Hamilton, tell General so-and-so to move his troops there and Hamilton will just go and write it all out and, and take care of it. And uh, so eventually, when when Washington is elected the first president, 
uh, he's going to make Hamilton his first Treasury Secretary. And Hamilton, and, and so much we could talk about, but he just yeah. seems to be so uh, future-oriented. But yeah, we, we don't realize this now, but back then, the U.S. was an agrarian society. And there were a lot of people who really feared, they feared kings, for one thing, and they feared big business and big money. They just felt like these powerful, wealthy people could dominate a country. Yeah. And so they, there was a huge uh, division. Uh, Thomas Jefferson just wanted a bunch of farmers uh, to just have the, the least amount of government possible. And Hamilton realized, well, we're, we're going to have to promote business. It's about, there's nothing wrong with farmers, but we need to promote business and banking and financing and so on if we're ever going to become a great nation. And over and over again, uh, Hamilton will push things that at the time are seen as very unpopular. But um, but you looking back later, you realize, well, he was right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and his critics were wrong. And the interesting thing, just that maybe, uh, so, so many things. Now Hamilton, of course, is on the $10 bill. Uh, and uh, it, we don't have the time to list all the different contributions he makes to turn America into basically an, a capitalist society that promotes free enterprise uh, and uh, banking and financing that enables that to happen. But, uh, but what, what uh, saved Hamilton is that he always had wealthy people, powerful men that would kind of help him. And George Washington was the most famous of all. And ha- Washington was not as brilliant in some ways as uh, Hamilton was, w- wasn't as eloquent, wasn't as good of a writer. Uh, he really needed Hamilton's words to help him. But what Washington was really good at was was wisdom uh, to, to, and pr- being prudent. He, he never seemed to overstep. Washington had an uncanny knack for just the right amount of response and no mm-hmm. more and uh, holding his tongue and just doing what net needed to be done. And Hamilton, on the other hand, uh, he needs that restraint. <laughs> yeah. he, uh, he, he has a tendency to go uh, all in and uh, just pull out his saber and go slashing and uh, attack his enemies. And uh, that, would, that, you, would you say he, uh, he would jump first and figure out how to fly yeah, on he, the way down? You know, he was, uh, <laughs> now he, you know, he would, he would study and he would read and he would do his homework. He'd be very thorough but he, but he only had really one uh, speed, and that was just all out, uh, take no prisoners. And whereas Washington would do enough to win the the battle, uh, he would not necessarily antagonize his enemies for the rest of his life. Yeah. And Hamilton just had a way. He had people who loved him very much and very loyal to him, but he also accumulated a, a long list of powerful enemies who just really hated him. And, uh, you know, I couldn't help but think of uh, Donald Trump as uh, I read about Hamilton because they just said there was just no neutral ground with him. You mm. you loved him or you hated him. And the, the ones who hated him were just determined to destroy him and were constantly, constantly worrying about what he was up to. And uh, was he going to go too far? Was, he gonna, was it going to be a power grab? And was he going to try to just make Washington the king? Or was he going to try to take over with the army and become king himself. Mm. And um, this, it's it's really interesting to read all the fear that he uh, created uh, from just the, his enthusiasm and his almost overkill to get things done. Well, you know, so communication, it, it sounds like, stands out to me as one of the, you know, uh, 
top skills that he had acquired uh, in, in his ability to lead people. Was there anything else um, sort of in his uh, repertoire that, that stood out to you as far as, as being a leader, commanding an audience, being he, able to he move was, people? He, he was very organized, and uh, everything he led was very, very well organized. When he mm. came in and he established the first treasury, uh, for the for the American government. Uh, later, when Jefferson took over, Jefferson was constantly attacking Hamilton and accusing him of corruption and dishonesty and lack of ethics. And uh, finally, when Jefferson was the president, he sent in his new Treasury Secretary and said, I want you to check that all out. I want you to f- pull out all the closets, find all the mistakes and the dishonesty and find out everything, the, 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 the dirt on Alexander Hamilton. And so his uh, person went to do that, came back to Jefferson and said, I can't find anything. He said he created a perfect system. He said, I, I wouldn't change a thing that he did. And wow. of course, Jefferson wasn't happy about that. He wanted dirt. But uh, when people were on the inside, looked at what he had created uh, to, to and of course, then it's a small country with small population. But the way that uh, Hamilton had a way of ev- everything he did, uh, in fact, he, and, he developed the Coast Guard. Uh, for to to handle tariffs and so on, customs duties and imports, and uh, he he would write out all the rules of engagement. If you had to come board a ship, what did you do? Well, they still use that during the Cuban Missile Crisis in wow. 1960s. <laughs> They're still using stuff that Hamilton just sketched out uh, and instruct whatever he'd get down to like what kind of uniform to use and what and I mean. Unbelievable, the thoroughness, uh, the kind of paperwork he would produce. Uh, great administrator, uh, left no st- stone unturned. You gave him a job to do. You knew it was going to be done thoroughly. Yeah. But uh, but he, you know, he did have his dark side. Yeah, and you alluded to that a little bit earlier, and you know we. Sort of get the sense that he's a bit of a loose cannon. <laughs> uh, maybe uh, just as we wrap up here, what are some some uh, some lessons that we can take from Hamilton's life that uh, that we should perhaps be aware of um, as we try to take our leadership to the next level? Well, I think for Hamilton, one of his biggest uh, challenges was his past. He just never seemed to be able to really come to grips with it. He was embarrassed by it, uh, and nothing would get him fired up more than attacks upon his honor, his integrity, his legitimacy. Uh, the fact that he was such a powerful person, but he wasn't born in, in America. Uh, and, his, and, and boy, I tell you what, in those days, the political attacks were, were ruthless. And, yeah. uh, uh, and so... He, um, th- that will ultimately be his undoing, but, uh, he, uh, d- maybe just two or three things with him. One, one is that he just didn't know how to, uh, to, to ease off the pedal, to, to ease off the attack. It was all or nothing. And so he just had a way of alienating himself and even alienating himself from people that wouldn't have necessarily even been, been an enemy, but he just, he didn't know when to just keep his mouth shut and Mm. let silence take place. Um, and he, and he also, uh, interestingly enough, uh, these brilliant driven people are so fascinating in history because they'll, they'll do foolish things too. And at one point he ends up having basically an affair, uh, with a very strange woman, uh, that it seems ended up her, her husband ends up blackmailing Alexander Hamilton. In fact, uh, Chernow says it's the first major sex scandal in American politics. Mm. 
there were others like uh, Jefferson who were also having sex scandals, but it didn't hit the press like uh, Hamilton's did. And you just think to yourself, uh, this guy's so brilliant and he values his honor so much. How would he do something so dishonorable? And he had a, he had a, he loved his wife, uh, had a, 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 seemed a close marriage that got closer over time. He had eight children that uh, none of them ever spoke unkindly of their father, had a good home life. But then he has this crazy affair that almost costs him everything. Uh, and you just look and say, there's almost as if he there was a Jekyll and Hyde to Hamilton, and mm. the 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 you know the dark side. He's he comes from a mother that was accused of being adulterous and uh, and living in the steamy side of the West Indies, uh, and then you've got this man who hangs out with George Washington and has uh, aspirations of creating a nation, and and uh, and so in his own personal conduct when it came to finances and things like that incorruptible. You just can't, even when people are looking for dirt, they can't find any. And then he'll just have some crazy, crazy, uh, sexual dalliance with some woman that's just trying to set him up for, uh, uh um, to be extorted. And, uh, you think to yourself, like, how could a brilliant man do something so foolish? Hmm. But, uh, probably the last thing of course is how he died. He, yeah. he, uh, famously several times he, uh, threatened having a duel and do, and of course duels were kind of sort they were still happening but it was becoming viewed less and less favorably yeah why would two grown men shoot to kill at each other because their honor was uh you know slighted but uh and and so he had he had basically gotten right up to duels a couple of times and had always uh, found an honorable way of backing down the sad thing is that uh, just a just a year, a couple years before that, uh, his own son Philip had gotten into a duel, and been shot and killed from it. And and he and he basically had followed the advice of his father. His father had told him just like shoot to miss. It just the fact that you went into the duel is honorable, but then don't kill your opponent. Just shoot wide. His son followed his advice, and then the other guy shot to kill and. Uh, <laughs> Killed it. And, and now Alexander ultimately is going to do the very same thing. He's going to shoot to miss. And uh, Aaron Burr, uh, who is the, the, at that time the vice president of the United States, is going to shoot to kill. Which that's, you know, just that, that image of like the vice president of a country <laughs> dueling with someone. That just seems so yeah. foreign to us oh, now. It's, there's so much that you look back at and you, you realize... Uh, yeah, in some ways things have come so far, and yet then some and of the <laughs> some of the same vitriol continues on. But uh, he dies at age forty nine, leaving behind a grieving family and wife. Uh, mm. And uh, and uh, I suppose, like so many great people in history, sometimes the way you die uh, helps to sort of keep you always before people that way. Yeah. And and for years and years, Hamilton was. Uh, trashed out because uh, Thomas Jefferson, of course, was a great enemy of his, didn't like him, uh, tarnished him, lied about him. And then the next several presidents, Madison, Monroe, followed right along the same line. And because uh, Chernow says uh, Hamilton's probably the only one of the founding fathers, uh, or certainly the most gifted, influential politician who never became president of the United States. And and because of that, he he kind of gets thrown under the bus by history for a long time, and perhaps mm. that's why he's made it to the Broadway play now. Yeah, finally having his. But uh, you look at a man that was very ambitious to prove himself, and 
when that's harnessed in the right way, it, you can obviously accomplish a lot from that. But but you're, it's almost like a ticking time bomb because mm. you can only be driven by the dysfunction of your past so long, trying to quiet the demons of your past for so long before eventually yeah. you just can't hold it all together. Mm. And uh, whether it was his affair, whether it was a uh, duel, um, he finally comes uh, to the end and he's undone really by his past, his insecurities that yeah. uh, people just knew how to tweak those insecurities and he felt obliged to have to put his life on the line for it. Mm. And uh, so one of those uh, colorful moments in American history. Absolutely. But uh, every time you pull out a $10 bill, you're reminded of his influence uh, now several centuries ago. Yeah, well, certainly a, a very colorful character and uh, sounds like a great read. I might have to pick that up one day. Uh, yeah, before felt- you get to the play, you have to read his 800 plus uh, page biography yeah. first. Somehow I don't see that happening, but <laughs> <laughs> a guy can hope. Uh, well, I think that's a great place to leave it. Once again, it's uh, the based on the biography by, is it? Uh, Ron Chernow. Ron Chernow. Uh, it's called Alexander Hamilton. And uh, it is actually the book that the uh, popular play, Broadway play, has been based on. And I uh, definitely encourage you to pick up your copy. Fascinating, fascinating guy. Lots to learn. I'm sure we could do another two or three podcasts on him. Uh, but uh, I think we'll leave it there for now. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners. So email us at podcast at blackv.org.